Hello and welcome to Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, the number one result on Google for Autonomous Cars podcasts. I'm Mark Hogue, a California licensed attorney, a 2X startup founder, a UCLA Bruin with a background in engineering and an economics degree. And twice a week, we'll be discussing the products, tech, law, policy, and societal impacts of autonomous cars as they bring about the greatest step change in humanity since the Industrial Revolution. Today, Tuesday, the 23rd of April, 2019, this is episode 100. Yeah, hard to believe. Here we are, just one week shy of our 14-month anniversary, and uh, yeah, I just can't believe that such a just a little side project that I started for fun has now blown up into all of this entirely thanks to all the listeners like you. Thank you so much, of course, for maintaining the nearly five-star rating on iTunes podcasts and and elsewhere. And of course, sharing with your friends and colleagues, obviously this show wouldn't even be a thing without all of your support. So thank you very much for all of that. So what are we talking about today on this 100th episode? Well, going into it the last several days, obviously I've given it lots of thought. And two things became very, very clear to me very quickly. Number one, yeah, I had no idea what I was going to talk about, what I was going to do. Was I going to make another video? Am I going to do a special episode? No idea. And number two, the overarching sense that I got from feedback from from folks was that I should do something a bit different. Unfortunately, different wasn't exactly very tightly defined. So, well, fortunately, something a bit different already happened yesterday, um, as I'm sure that most of, if not all of you are well aware, yesterday was Tesla Autonomy Day when Elon and Tesla's director of AI, Andre Karpathy, went on stage to give a truly astounding, mind-blowing presentation on uh, Tesla's full self-driving autopilot hardware version 3, which essentially ended up becoming a crash course in neural networks. I felt like I was back in college or at a TED Talk, I don't know. But so what I'd like to do is, I mean, yeah, it's true that all my episodes, I don't know if you know this, but they're never really rehearsed at all. And they're just kind of all done in one take. And today's won't be any different. But but what I'm going to do for this, though, is, well, I took a lot of notes yesterday. And so because so much of what was discussed, I'm really referring to all the astounding bombshells that were dropped, not just on particular potential competitors, companies, or even in an individual industry, but really multiple I should say all automotive-related industries and companies as a whole, um, and not to mention their strategy, the roadmap that was laid out for the next year and a half. There's a lot of really juicy stuff to dive into here. It's, it ties in very neatly to many of the things we've discussed before. So yeah, I'm just going to kind of go through my notes and have kind of an open stream of consciousness sort of discussion, if you'd like. Um, so yeah, without further more to say about this, uh, let's dive in and get started right away. Just one quick thing. You may notice that I sound a bit better today. I don't mean me, like my voice, I mean like the audio quality. Yeah, well, if you head on over to my Twitter at Autonomous Hogue, well, let's just say I finally did a little audio upgrade. So hopefully you like it and things sound even better going forward. Anyway, let's dive in and get started. Episode 100 begins now. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. 
Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. They're all going to dump LiDAR. Mark my words. In cars, it's friggin' stupid. So said Elon on stage, essentially dropping the most massive bombshell on the entire autonomous car industry. Um, yeah, so that's just kind of a, a glimmer of what went on yesterday. Um, before I continue real quick, it occurred to me, I should probably share with you as explicitly as possible this massive disclaimer that I guess I've not really shared enough in the past. Look, I do hold stock in Tesla, but not to worry. That actually makes me more critical of what they're on about, not less. I mean, although I may on occasion have been faulted to put them on a bit too high of a pedestal, at least for purposes of the podcast, I've been really quite outspoken whenever I've sort of been concerned or viewed them in a negative light. So most recently, of course, with the really questionable language on their website about full self-driving capable, I went on quite a rant about that. So uh, please don't let the fact that I own stock in Tesla kind of cloud my judgment or otherwise bias me in favor of everything they're doing. Um, anyway, so so let's dive in. Look, I don't want to, I mean, I am going to share with you a lot of the technical ins and outs, but um, I'm going to, at the same time that I want to gloss over it, not, not make this a replay of what you can listen to. But um, suffice to say, look, the new hardware version 3.0, it's been in development for the last, uh, let's see, 18 months. Since March and April, it's been available in all Tesla vehicles. For those that do not yet have it, you can just drive your car to your local Tesla shop. They'll rip out the old computer and throw the new one in. It's pretty remarkable. Um, it's a hundred watt. Well, it's it's under a hundred Watts power supply needed for this new hardware. Um, let's see. Uh, it's got two independent computers that boot up and run their own OS. So what this means in practice is that, uh, well, any part of the car could fail and it'll keep on driving. As Elon said, the probability of this computer failing is substantially lower than somebody losing consciousness, at least an order of magnitude. Not only that, it's got redundant power supplies. So one of the two computers is on one power supply, one's on the other. This is a really big deal and it really ties in neatly with a lot of what we discussed in the past. Namely, you know, we've talked a bit about aviation and how so many of the systems on aircraft are triple and in some cases quadruply redundant. And I've often, you know expressed the concern on this show and as have others that you know with cars if you start to uh, make redundant systems well you risk increasing the price at least linearly and potentially even super linearly so here though i guess the fact is tesla have managed to at least make doubly redundant systems and there's not going to be any change to the price at all um, and what's most incredible is not just that there's backup systems, but the fact that each operate totally independently to one another. So, you know, if one system completely fails, if it loses power or otherwise is in it, unable to do its job properly, it has no impact whatsoever on the other system or any other part of the car at all. Everything's totally isolated and protected. So this is a, this is a really big deal. Um, as far as performance goes, yeah, I'm not just going to go rambling off all the technology here, but suffice to say, I think the big, big takeaway here is that the new hardware version three with full self-driving at 144 trillion operations per second with full redundancy um, is a whopping 21 times more powerful than the previous version. I mean, 21 times. That is absolutely astounding. As Andre mentioned on stage, He's never seen a step change greater than 3x improvement. Here, 
as well as managed 21x. This is absolutely unheard of. Uh, you know, so the result of all this computing horsepower is that Tesla can now process 2,100 frames per second to see the world around the car. I mean, this is astounding. Um, and furthermore, to Elon's point that LiDAR is effectively unnecessary, well, they demonstrated a video showing that the camera vision of Tesla's computer will actually produce a 3D model of the world, not unlike LiDAR. So, I mean, yeah, it works. So one of the other advancements is the ability for autopilot to now effectively see around corners. So, for example, you're driving on a mountain road, there's a hillside, or maybe you're on a city street, uh, there's an obstruction, maybe a large vehicle, and now the the learning that goes on behind the scenes, the training of the neural network, the improvements that are made, the computer vision offered by Autopilot Hardware 3 effectively enables the cars to quite literally see around corners. So it can anticipate where the road is going to go, where the lane is going to go. For those of you who love driving as much as I do, and even if you don't, you're probably very well aware of it. Well, at least if I if you pause to think about it, this is effectively what we humans do when we drive all the time anyway. I mean, one of the thrills of driving uh, on, say, a mountain road anyway, is precisely this, this sort of um, this challenge of being able to anticipate where the road's going to go next. You kind of you you sort of look at the, the the hillside, the terrain. You look at the camber of the road that you can see. You kind of just sort of try to anticipate, and you know you can usually do a pretty good job of it. And it's it's a really fun thing to do. And so the fact that we've got a situation now where computer vision is so good that it's able to do that, I mean that's just that's really astounding. The, the other really big takeaway here was it's not just that that lidar is in Tesla's view, I should say, in Elon's view, that that LiDAR is unnecessary. But also, and this one really kind of took my breath away, because we all knew about his aversion to LiDAR. And again, I have to say the logic does hold water. I mean, if eventually the end game is for LiDAR to, I mean, for, for camera vision to be, you know, essentially as good as human eyes, and indeed for computer vision to be as good as the human brain at processing what what it sees in the world, which, and I'll get to that in a second. Don't let me forget. Um, they actually demonstrated how their camera vision does create a 3d model of the world. Very similar to what LIDAR does. Um, the big takeaway was that they're also totally against, um, so-called real time HD maps. Yeah. They're, they don't believe that there's any need for mapping. And this really kind of, yeah, took my breath away because, Obviously, I was at CES, as you know, in January on behalf of Here Technologies, and they're just one of many companies that are really focusing, really, really, you know, they're, they're really head first into, uh, you know, heads down on, on HD mapping. And pretty much every company I know of, yeah, they, they, they're all about LiDAR and they're all about HD mapping. And th these are kind of a condition precedent before you can have full autonomy. And it's not just that it's HD mapping but rather that it's self-healing HD mapping. So the whole fleet of cars that are kitted out with you know, their equipment are constantly updating maps almost in real time as new conditions, new changed conditions are discovered. So I get it. It's, it's not going to be literally truly real time. There's still going to be some delay until at least one or more cars can discover and update the 
the maps accordingly. So, and I get it. Elon's point is that if you need mapping in the first place, you've already, you, you know, you've already failed. You've already done something wrong. I get that. But I think it's an important distinction to think about that just to be super clear, I think that whenever companies are talking about HD maps, there is a presumption that it's self-healing. That is that they are automatically updating uh, maps almost in real time. So I think that's an important distinction. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Before I even get to the discussion on full autonomy, meaning, meaning level five, which is essentially where Tesla is going. I mean, Elon went as far as saying that eventually you're going to be able to just remove the steering wheel from your cars and just put a cap there in its place. Um, you know, let's not forget what I've been saying for a long time now, which is forget about level five. Let's just get level four working, meaning geofenced, you know, let the cars work everywhere. Well, I should say almost everywhere, um, but in certain geofenced areas and don't worry about level five. Uh, I realize I'm going on in all sorts of different tangents and that's because, yeah, there's just so much implication here. And so let's kind of dive into this as sort of sequentially as I can manage anyway. Um, you know, Elon said that, that HD maps are a mistake. Um, they, they did kind of dive in, as he said, they kind of barked up that tree and then they, they, they backed down from it. It just wasn't working. It wasn't necessary. Um, so he he just reiterated that LIDAR and HD maps are obviously foolish. He, he then went on to say that if, if a vehicle is geofenced in the first place, then it's not really self-driving. So really what he's saying is that <clears throat> it's gotta be level five or nothing at all. Look, this really stands in stark contrast with the entire industry is saying that, look, level four is probably achievable in the next couple of years for sure. In fact, we're practically almost there now anyway. I think cruise automation are pretty close to it as well. But level five, realistically, it's like 10, 15, maybe even 20 years down the road, meaning no steering wheel, drive anywhere in all conditions, go to sleep in the car, right? So so it's really quite staggering. Um as an aside, before I forget, they have actually just published a video which demonstrates – it's a time-lapse video of the car. I guess it's a Model 3. It's I think it's starting at their 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 headquarters in uh, down in Silicon Valley. It hops on the – it looks like it goes down Page Mill Road for those of you who know the area. It hops onto the, the, the 280 North, does a U-turn um, at Sand Hill Road, and then heads back south down the 280 uh, back to their, to their headquarters. And – I mean, it's astonishing. It stops at stop signs, stop lights. It handles left turns through traffic, no problem. <clears throat> at one point, after, I guess, exiting down at Page Mill Road, the car comes to a stop sign after the freeway ramp, and it kind of inches forward a bit and then kind of rolls while turning the wheel to the right to kind of look around the corner a bit better, and then it continues. I mean, that's really, truly human-like behavior. It's just incredible. Um but, but but so anyway, so it, it seems like it's actually going to work, even though it shouldn't be possible. And so that's where my doubts and indeed everybody's doubts are stemming from. And But Elon went as far as to say that by the end of this year, autopilot hardware 3.0 equipped cars will be able to handle the streets of San Francisco and Manhattan. I mean, what? Are you Are you kidding me? This just doesn't seem plausible. Um, 
I mean, yeah, the video they posted did a phenomenal job, but it, I, I mean, that, that that's still not driving in a city. So, so let's kind of, you know, that's, that's a, driving down Sand Hill and Page Mill Road and the 280 freeway. That's, that's a very different thing still entirely to handling the streets of San Francisco. So frankly, I'll believe that when I see it. Um, I, I just can't believe it right now. Um, spe- speaking of handling traffic, actually, there's a pretty cool question from somebody in the audience. Um, you know, sometimes the very essence of driving in traffic is that you need to do lane changes that are potentially unsafe. And then Elon joked that, well, we're just going to have to build in an LA driving mode that kind of slots in above Mad Max, um, which will admittedly increase the risk of a fender bender to some non-zero value. But as he joked, that's kind of necessary to handle LA type of traffic. So, um, yeah, that, that, that'll be kind of interesting to see how it goes. Um, what else? Um, one other really just astounding takeaway, which thinking about this in retrospect, I guess is not so surprising. I mean, of course they would already be on their way to the next gen hardware, but what's astonishing is they're already 50% done with hardware version four, assuming that's what it's called. And then it should be ready in about two years. And it's just amazing because, you know, as, as Elon said, a car designed in 2012, that's the Tesla Model S, today is still better than any vehicle on the road as a 2019 model, both from an electric range point of view as well as an autonomy point of view. I mean, this is really astounding. So, you know, in two years when folks catch up, even Tesla will be on their way to their next version of hardware, uh, autopilot hardware version four. So this is just really, really kind of hard to wrap your head around. Um but but okay, so so that's enough about the technology and the hardware. Like I said, I don't want to just kind of rehash uh, just verbatim everything that was discussed. I do encourage you to watch the video. Let's talk about really what's potentially the biggest thing on their roadmap. I mean, in some ways, yeah, in some ways, I think even bigger, more of a bombshell even than their hardware announcement. Well, it's their announcement for their robo-taxi fleet, the Tesla network. Apparently, this is going to be just a software update like pretty much everything else. They're going to flip a switch and then boom, just like that, you'll be able to add or subtract your car from the Tesla network. What does this mean exactly? And there were a lot of really good pointed questions from the audience. So I'll try and break this down for you. So the idea is this, um, as we've discussed a lot in the past, uh, you know, a privately owned car sits totally unutilized, not underutilized. Well, as a whole, it is underutilized, but it is sitting completely unutilized for like 90% of its time, right? It's in a parking lot. It's parked on the street. It's parked in your car. So really you use it just 10% of your time. Well, <clears throat> with the Tesla network, once you, once they flip the switch, um, you'll be able to add your car to this network so that when you're say at work or sleeping at night, your car will be able to be summoned autonomously uh, to drive around and shuttle around passengers. Um, Tesla keeps 30% of the revenue, I think is what they said, maybe 25%. Um, and the lower bound estimate, which assumes a utilization of just 50%, which honestly isn't that high still, is that your car should be able to generate something like $30,000 of cash a year. Now that I say that, I don't know if that's after Tesla takes its cut or before. I think it's after. Um, But even if it's before, that's still pretty remarkable. And then you assume you can get something like 75% usage. And I don't really see potentially why it couldn't go to 80 or 90% apart from charging times. But in any event, 
that's just remarkable. And and what's 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 amazing about this is what Elon said about this, which is, and he tried to make an interesting point. He's, he he wasn't trying to say that this is what consumers should do or what they must want. He's saying, as a matter of fact, as a matter of course, consumers will eventually demand this. They're going to want their cars to be shuttling around other passengers autonomously to generate cash for them because ideally, eventually, the end game, of course, will be that your car will no longer cost you money. It'll, in fact, make you money. It'll have a net cost of ownership that'll be negative. That it'll, That is, it'll have a net revenue, not a net not a net cost. I should say it'll have a net profit, not a net cost. Um, and so that's, you know, kind of obviously where everything is headed. Um, so, so this is really astounding. Um, some, some follow-up questions to all this were things like, well, wh- how is this going to actually work, right? What's going to actually happen with the, with the steering wheel? Um, I mean, suppose somebody gets in a car, they're still going to have a steering wheel. You know, Elon tried to explain, well, eventually the steering wheel is going to rip out. You're just going to, we're going to put a cap in its place. And the question really probed saying, well, yeah, but, but, but initially there will be a steering wheel. So are you saying people can get into one of these autonomous model threes in the robo taxi fleet and they could potentially take over and drive the car? And Elon admitted that, yes, initially there's going to be sort of a transition phase and um, yeah, indeed, a passenger could potentially take over if they wanted to, and perhaps they should be able to, because well, strictly speaking, they're not level five. But you see, this leads to yet another issue, another question, which is, this is all going to be very much regulatory um, based, right? I mean, the municipalities, different cities, states, they're going to have to allow this in the first place. And that's a pretty tall order. Uh, you know, apparently they've been in talks with municipalities and Elon said they, they've been pretty forthcoming eventually. Um, but but again, these are a lot of ifs and uncertainties. And I... I mean, if it works, well, great, that's amazing. But it does rely on a lot of pieces being put in place. Um, again, he did he did make fun of himself that, yeah, look, he has dropped the ball in terms of timing in the past, but eventually he does always deliver. And it's true, he does, whether it's with Tesla, whether it's with SpaceX, um, Solar City, huh, the boring company. I mean, he does always deliver eventually. Now, Folks on on Reddit, and as I think I said already, uh, I, I will reply. Uh, I know you've all kind of called me out on this, saying, "Yeah, but look, he, uh, you know, getting fully autonomous cars on the road is an altogether different challenge to everything he's done so far." I mean, as amazing as it is that he managed to build Tesla into what it is, Tesla's capabilities, its range, its performance, as truly astounding as his accomplishments with SpaceX, being able to launch and land reusable rockets vertically. I mean, this stuff is all unmistakably incredible. Getting autonomous driving at a level five scale deployed throughout cities within the next year, that's just something on a different level of difficult. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
And admittedly, I've said as much the same, right? I, I've I've said that, you know, growing up, we all said, you know, oh, it's not rocket science. And henceforth, we're going to be saying, oh, it's not autonomous cars. It just doesn't roll off the tongue so well. I mean, really, autonomous vehicles are a vastly more complex thing even than rocket science. I firmly believe this. I leave it to the rocket scientists, and the autonomous car folks to actually, you know, fight this out amongst themselves. But I, I think it's really true. Actually, wait a minute. Scratch that. I actually do know somebody who's a rocket scientist. I think he did admit this, that in many ways, by many metrics, autonomous cars are, are a more complicated thing to get right. So, so who knows? Um, all right, let's see what else here. Um, so, so Elon's big takeaway, as he said, the fundamental message that consumers should be taking away today is that it's financially insane to buy anything other than a Tesla. I have to say at that point where we kind of paused to take a breath before the next clause, I, I sort of chuckled inside because I mean, if this was coming from any other person, from any other, certainly from a car dealership, from any other CEO of any other company, you just have to laugh because of course they would say that. Um, it would be nothing more than than puffery, the sales pitch, right? But here, coming from Elon, you, you could sense that it wasn't just empty puffery. He meant this quite literally. As I've actually said many times in the past, I don't think Elon has it in his capacity to just make stuff up. He He isn't trying to fool anybody. He isn't trying to, you know, just make a lot of hot air. I mean, whatever he says and you know, tries to do, he truly believes. So when he says, you know, it's going to be financially insane to buy anything other than a Tesla, that it's like owning a horse in three years. You know, if you do not buy a car that, that, that has full self-driving, then it's like buying a horse. Um, then yeah, it's financially just insane. Here's the thing about this. Um, I agree with him. You know, my wife and I, and again, as many of you know by now, I'm sure I'm just such a car guy. I love cars. I love driving. Uh, I love the sound of a great engine. You know, we we've we we're really kind of in a bind about this because we kind of agree. I mean, on the one hand, we really want a Tesla. On the other hand, there's a lot of other cars we'd love to have too. For example, I firmly believe that if you could only have one car for the rest of your life, it should be a Mercedes E-Class wagon uh, with four wheel drive. And if you can afford it, the AMG version of that car because it's literally the perfect all around car for all purposes. Um, but then you think about Tesla and you're like, okay, well, how can I possibly get a thing, which is not a Tesla at this point? I suppose one could argue that maybe now is the perfect time to get something different because, well, they are indeed a dying species as it were. Um, and Tesla are really here to stay as our other electric and autonomous vehicles. Um, but, but the point is, is I think what Elon is missing which, which doesn't make him wrong, but but I think what's important for him to keep, to at least be aware of is, yeah, it is financially insane to buy anything other than Tesla. I admit that wholeheartedly, but we humans don't exactly always act based on pure logic. We're not, you know, Commander Spock. <laughs> um, and arguably, there's nothing wrong with acting illogically, at least some of the time. I mean, it's, you know, uh, cho choosing not to buy a Tesla it's sort of like saying, "Oh, well, you're 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 insane not to always eat healthy food." Yeah, you are pretty insane not to eat healthy food all the time. That's true. It doesn't mean you're still not going to want to have an ice cream once in a while, or a or a double double from In and Out. Uh, so okay, maybe it's insane not to buy it, but that doesn't, on its own, you know, this was an audience of investors, right? I'm just trying to think from their point of view here. You know, just because you're insane about it 
doesn't mean you're not going to do it. So I think that's necessary to think about. Um, anyway, um, look, here's the other thing. Some other really interesting metrics. Uh, on average, apparently, autopilot is now currently about uh, two times safer than a human driver. Uh, and it's going to be improving even further. And as Elon says, you know, he, he's not saying this must be the case or will, or, or that, that he's telling people to make it this way, but he says consumers will eventually want to outlaw driving uh, their own cars. And the analogy he gave is what we talked about in the past as well. It's like elevators. He kind of dived into this in a bit more detail, you know, going up and down from floor to floor, as he said, you, know, you have an operator in the elevator and they just kind of move this control arm and there was this concern that, you know, if the operator would be tired or, or drunk, they would just screw up and, you, you know, you could die. Um, and that's really going to be the same kind of attitude with which people perceive human-driven cars, that it'll be the consumers themselves who eventually want this to be outlawed. Again, I agree with this. I've written about this stuff for years. I've said as much in the podcast for the past 14 months. It's this transition that's going to be a tricky thing. A very tricky thing. And, um, you know, I was talking with somebody the other day. He's, I guess, in his, I don't know, 50s-ish, maybe 60s. I don't know. Um, And it was a funny sort of paradoxical point that he made, which was that he actually doesn't like cars at all. And he doesn't like driving. And and so he's super against autonomous cars. And I said, well, wait, that doesn't make any sense. If ever there was a person for whom autonomous cars would be a win, it would be surely people like you who don't like driving, who don't like cars. And his whole point was, okay, fine, fair enough. But I just, you know, I'm not going to trust a computer to, to drive me around. And that's the end of it. And it occurred to me that I think part of the problem, and I told him as much, was that people view this deployment of autonomous vehicle technology as too much of a binary thing. It either is or it isn't. And, and so I said to him, I said, look, what about this? I, I, I get it. I, I, you're not alone in this. A lot of folks don't want autonomous cars also. You're not, you're not the only one. I said, but why don't you stop thinking of it as this binary solution? Don't think of an autonomous car as a whole package, but let's break it down. Think of it as sort of an analog spectrum of functionality. So for example, I'm pretty sure that right now I said to him, your car today has emergency braking and maybe even lane keep assist. He admitted it may have emergency braking. I think he said it doesn't have lane keep assist. I said, okay, so now imagine your next car will have even more such, such features. And I explained to him, these are called, you know, ADAS, um, automated driver assistance systems. And I said, okay, now just add a few more. So now you've got like five such features and now you've got 10 such features. And if you're in Europe from 2021, you can have 11 automatic driver assistance systems. And I said, you can see where I'm going with this, right? And, and of course he did. And the point is that eventually, as you get more and more of this functionality, we are getting ever closer to autonomous capability fully. And, and before you know it, that you've, you've got an autonomous car. And, you know, I think, you know, and he really seemed to get it at that point. Um, he, he still, you know, let me know that he didn't fully like the idea, but he gets it. That if indeed it's a gradual transition like that, okay, fine, so be it. Um, and so I think that's the really big takeaway. And my my big concern, and I should say ironically, because I have stock in Tesla, <laughs> yeah, my big concern is again, I don't disagree with Elon's end game here. I don't disagree with everything he's predicting insofar as the shift in consumer behavior and their their demands. He's absolutely right. My concern is the transition during this 
precarious couple of years or based on the timeline he's he shared with us really the next year and a half i mean that's 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 a staggeringly short timeline and you know there's a uh, there's a fellow attorney on twitter his name is uh jim mcpherson you can follow him at safe self drive he tweeted a thing yesterday um that i totally agree with um he says note that if everything musk promised today came true on the timeline that he promised Tesla would probably single-handedly destroy the entire auto and oil industries, Uber, Lyft, transit, trucking jobs, and gosh, everything connected with transport. And that's a really good point because, again, it's not sufficient for him to simply develop, uh, deliver everything that he said at some point, but if he does, if he manages to deliver all of this on the time frame that he says, yeah, that he basically wins everything. It's astounding to think about. All right. Well, to wrap things up today, I want to talk also uh, about another thing that Elon said towards the end of the presentation. And to me, this might be the biggest bombshell of all because, um, and, and yeah, people have pointed out to me on Twitter and, you know, elsewhere. It's not that it's surprising, but merely the fact that he said it, I think is what makes it so huge. Somebody asked, Who's liable if a Tesla robo taxi has an accident? And Elon just kind of paused and he said, probably Tesla. So I know what you're thinking. Yes, of course, if you've got a fleet of autonomous vehicles in which the people aren't driving, of course, the manufacturer of the vehicle has to be liable. That's obviously true in a level five car when there's no steering wheel. But here's the interesting thing. Um, Again, during the initial deployment of the robo-taxi fleet, the Tesla network, there will still be a steering wheel. And as we discussed earlier, um, the, the passengers will actually be able to take over. So for Elon to claim publicly that probably Tesla is going to be liable for whatever goes wrong, that's just a really bold and, again, a very necessary claim to make. Um, if that sounds a bit familiar, that's sort of like what Volvo said a few years ago when they announced their uh, Vision Zero initiative, right? So they had said something like, no human will be killed or seriously injured in any Volvo vehicle ever. And unless I'm misremembering this, I believe they went even further and said something like, once Volvo deploys their own fleet of autonomous cars, they will in fact accept full liability for anything and everything that, that goes wrong. Um, again, this is a non-issue, and it's not even an impressive thing to say for a fully level five car in which well, there is no driver. Everyone's a passenger as a matter of course. But for a level four car, one could argue that there might be situations in which the driver could be liable. And I suppose there would still be room for intentional bad acts, certainly where the the passenger who then takes over to become a driver would certainly be liable. Okay, I get that. But to make this public blanket statement that Tesla is probably liable whenever there's a Tesla robo-taxi accident, that's just a remarkably bold claim and a really big deal, I think. I mean, I think it's really huge. All right. Well, that's a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode 100. 
Wow, what a thrill to finally be able to produce this thing. I cannot believe. Um, anyway, looking a bit forward, um, we have about six weeks to go, give or take, say 10 to 12 episodes before I go on summer break and we wrap season three. Uh, meanwhile, I'll be back here on Friday as always. Um, this time we've got a special guest, Adam Ghazali. He's the founder and CEO of Imagery. They are a, wait for it, mapless computer vision company for autonomous cars. Yeah. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of the week. We'll see you here on Friday with Adam. Until then, take care. Bye-bye.